never even nibbled. He might as well have off-limits tattooed on his forehead. Was tonight the night he relaxed and had a little fun? Shivers reigned over her as he cast a dark, brooding glance in her direction. He had collar-length blonde hair with the slightest wave, eyes bluer than a morning sky, and the body of a surfer. Lean, muscled, and bronzed. But he also had a permafrown. To her knowledge, he'd never smiled, joked, or laughed. And he'd always radiated scary, hot menace and aggression. If he ever smiled, goodness gracious, her hormones might explode from lust overload. Of course, he had a good reason for his bad attitude. A few years ago, he lost his entire family in a terrible car accident. His wife and twin daughters were gone in the blink of an eye. Talk about the ultimate heartache. Ryan reckoned guilt and grief ate at him on a daily, hourly basis. And she absolutely 100% empathized. But come on. His troubled past didn't give him the right to accuse her of duplicitous flirting practices in order to boost return visits and over-salting snacks to ensure patrons remain thirsty. First, she wasn't a plain, ordinary flirt. She was flirtish, and there was a difference. She wasn't after conquests, but smiles. Second, how would Jude know anything about the food? He hadn't tasted a single dish she served. For some reason, he'd pegged Ryan as a villainous at their first meeting, and his opinion of her hadn't changed. Dang him. I'm as sweet as sugar and probably tastier to boot. When he turned on his heel and headed her way, a frisson of electricity raced through her. Their gazes locked once again, and his step hitched. So did her breath. The sight of him, drawing nearer while fully focused on her. Keep your cool, mi querida. Impossible. Her heart thudded against her ribs, and sweat glazed her hands. Attraction gave way to irritation, but irritation gave way to compassion when she noticed his limp. Poor guy. It was more pronounced than usual. On a mission overseas, he'd lost the bottom half of his left leg. Now he wore a prosthesis. Fingers snapped in front of her face, and she blinked. Cooter Bowright, one of her regulars, stared at her with concern. You all right, Miss Ryan? You've been spacing while I've been foaming at the mouth. Dehydration is deadly, don't you know? Ugh caught ogling a man who despised her. Feigning nonchalance, she topped Coot's cockamoon with a sprig of mint and slid the jar in his direction. Since she'd begun selling the fruity specialty, her nightly revenue had increased over 20%. Maybe because the cocktail consisted of strawberries, blueberries, and grapes, a tribute to the three Oklahoma towns that surrounded the bar. Her childhood home, Strawberry Valley, Blueberry Hill, where the scratching post was located, and Grapevine. Or maybe because the cocktail utterly rocked. I'm all right enough to know this is your last moonshine of the night, she said. If you get to feeling dehydrated again, I'll pour you a sweet tea. Coot took a long swig, draining half the glass, then wiped his mouth with the back of his hand. Come on, Ms. Ryan. 
He sometimes drew out the syllables in her name when trying to make a point. Don't cut me off just yet. The night's barely even started. You know the rules. Three cockamoons, no exceptions. No one got blackout drunk on her watch. Actually, if anyone slurred their words or staggered while walking, regardless of the limits, she pulled a jude and stole keys. One, it was illegal to sell alcohol to anyone who appeared intoxicated. And two, no, just no. Safety first, sales second. The difference between her and Jude, she called a cab afterward and never judged. I'd say you suck rotten eggs, but I love you too gosh darn much, Coot muttered, only to brighten. Hey, you gonna be singing tonight? Sometimes she enjoyed performing a couple sets with the band.